In the daily liturgy, very often there is a contrast between one reading and another, and that's how we can enrich our pondering of both readings. Well, today we have an example of this. In the first reading, Solomon is praising the Lord for filling the temple with his glory, for, for bringing divine holiness down into this lowly earth. And in the Gospel, the Pharisees are complaining that the disciples are unclean. So one is, the first reading is about welcoming what is holy, and the Gospel is about rejecting what is unholy, or at least that's the idea that the Pharisees have in mind. And since it's Jesus himself who's in their midst, you can see that the Pharisees are the ones in the wrong here, not Solomon. Solomon, let's start with him. He is in the temple, the new temple, which has just been dedicated. The ark has just been brought in for the first time. The temple, as we heard yesterday, was filled with this cloud of glory, this mysterious sign of the presence of God. And here's Solomon praying to the Lord, thanking him, honoring him, pondering the, the wonder that God makes himself available here on earth, that, the, that, the, that the, the God who cannot be contained by the heavens is somehow contained in this temple which has just been built. Solomon isn't really asking this question, but he's, he's reflecting on it. Can it indeed be that God dwells on earth? Can it be that, that, that if the heavens and the highest heavens cannot contain you, how much less this temple? which I have built. And yet it's so. It's so. That's, that's uh, Solomon accepting that God does draw near to us in spite of our unworthiness and our littleness and, and, and our sin. And so he, he says, well, we, we're praying to you, Lord, and we hope that you'll keep listening to us and accepting our prayers and, and, and grant pardon to us. It's the last line of his prayer in this reading, listen from your heavenly dwelling and grant pardon. So listen to our prayers of petition, but also our prayers of uh, contrition. It's a beautiful disposition, a good lesson for us to be like Solomon. But we're not always like Solomon. Sometimes we're like the Pharisees, identifying not the holiness of God, but the unholiness of man. Or in this language of the gospel, the, the uh, impurity or uncleanness. The judgment of the Pharisees is these disciples of Jesus have not washed their hands and they are therefore unclean. Now there's something to this, of course. I mean, when, you're, when your hands are dirty, they're dirty. And it is important to wash our hands. But that's even medically rec recommended and as we know in, from the COVID days, we could wash our hands a dozen times a day, and that's supposed to be a very good thing. So there's something to the fact that unclean hands are, are dirty. But the, the problem is, and it's pretty obvious, they're making the mistake of taking a physical condition and transferring that standard to a moral condition or a spiritual condition. Because they have physical dirt on their hands, they are morally impure, they're unclean, they're unworthy of being in the presence of God. This was a, uh, a mistake 
or an error that the Pharisees made in applying the law, which was about very specific physical things, cleansing of, of uh, cups and jugs and kettles and beds. That was, that was a requirement of the law. And they said, well, if that's done, then you have moral purity. And if it's not done, then you're a sinner. And we look at that and we say, well, that's obviously wrong. Those Pharisees, they're not, they're not thinking straight. But actually, we do this a lot. We, we use human standards to judge others, sometimes to judge ourselves. But usually we direct that at other people because we like to be, we like to be righteous in our own eyes. I was at a seminar this morning. I had to give some talks at the seminary. And afterwards, uh, one of the men asked me for a copy of my PowerPoint presentation, what they call the PowerPoint deck. So I handed him my USB. He plugged it into his computer. Usually it takes a couple of seconds to transfer the file. Something went wrong in a long, long time. This little bar, you know, slowly creeping across the screen. Suddenly it declared that USB has two viruses. And he said to me, you have, you have viruses. <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't know I was unclean. So, so uh, his, his program isolated the viruses and neutralized them, and he is okay. And then he handed the USB back to me you know, <laughs> at arm's length, thumb and finger, as if it was a stinking rotten fish or something. Here's your USB. <laughs> what was I supposed to do with it? <laughs> now I'm holding the unclean USB, I had to put it in my pocket. Well, when I came home, of course, I checked my own computer. It took an hour and 53 minutes to do a complete scan. No viruses. I don't know what's the story there. But anyway, this is it. We have the idea of what's clean and unclean. And, and we, we quickly judge. Now, I'm using that as a humorous example because no, I don't think that man was considered me spiritually unclean. But I obviously was putting him at risk with my USB, my unclean USB. I could look at, to take something much more serious, the saints that we're honoring today, the martyrs of Nagasaki, they were Christians in Japan, which as long as the authorities in Japan thought that was okay, they thrived. But as soon as the emperor thought that was not okay, then they were at risk. They were judged to be unclean. They were a, a virus that had to be neutralized. And so they were, 26 of them, were killed, martyred, brutally martyred on the cross. And we honor them for their faith, but we can also recognize this tendency to, to judge based on some false standard and therefore reject people. And those martyrs, why were they martyred? Because they were considered a danger to the, to the nation, to the culture. Their foreign virus had to be eliminated. But we're all familiar with viruses. I mean, we lived through the pandemic. <laughs> I remember coming back from the, from the States in, in 2021. Uh, I landed in November in 2021, and uh, I was you know, wrapped up in plastic and brought off to the uh, to the uh, quarantine hotel, and I had to stay there for six days at my own expense. So I was I was unclean until I had the, on the fifth day they did the swab test, 
They get the result on the sixth day, and then only after you get the negative result are you considered clean. So you're, you're guilty until you're proven innocent. You're unclean until you're proven to be clean. Now that was medical, you know, that was medical uh, evaluation. It wasn't necessarily a moral thing, but there was a certain suspicion that anybody who dared to travel was not only doing something risky, but something bad. You're, you're, you're doing a bad thing by risking the spread of the virus. Okay, now, I, now let's look at the real, the real uncleanness that we suffer from, that is sin, which is not simply the breaking of rules. It's not simply the violation of human precepts, or as, as Jesus uh, describes, human traditions. It's the rejection of the breaking of the law of God, the will of God, the word of God. And this is where the Pharisees are more seriously at error. It's one thing to say, you didn't follow the tradition. That's true, they didn't. But it's another thing to say, you have violated the will of God. You are you're a sinner, and, and, and therefore you're spiritually unclean. That's a different thing, because as Jesus says, it's one thing to honor the Lord with our lips, it's another thing to honor him with our hearts. Quoting from Isaiah, he said, this people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching his doctrines, human precepts. So he keeps making this distinction between the human standard and God's standard, human tradition and God's commandment, human tradition and the word of God. We, when we violate the will of God, make ourselves unclean, and we cannot purify ourselves because we're the ones who are defiled. How can we be made clean? By the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, by faith in his death and resurrection, by faith in his redemptive sacrifice. Faith is what makes us clean, faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus is the clean one. He's the holy one. And he has come into the temple of his creation. And we are, like Solomon, in awe that he makes his holiness available to us. We're, we're struck with wonder that God, who is cleanness itself, draws near to us in our uncleanness and makes it possible for us to be cleansed. Now, this is what we celebrate. Well, actually, that's what we celebrate every day in faith. When, when we recognize that the way to be free from sin is faith. Faith implies repentance, by the way. <laughs> faith isn't just words, right? Faith is also dedication to the will of God and rejection of anything that's outside the will of God. That's also the life of faith. So by faith in Jesus Christ, we are all made clean. First step of faith, baptism. Baptism does not wash away dirt from our body it washes away sin from the soul. It, 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 it gives us a completely new beginning. And that beginning is the beginning of the life of faith in Christ. So we, we are not, we have the tendency to be Pharisees, but we're, we're not stuck there. We don't have to use human tradition as our standard because we have been given divine grace, divine law. We have been we have been given the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Because of that, we can take the attitude of Solomon. 
give thanks and praise to God and put our confidence in God's favor to us, his mercy to us, his presence with us, so that we can be clean. And when we offer him worship, it's actually acceptable because God has made us worthy.